If you'll remember, and I know darn well you do, just a few weeks ago, my special guest was longtime Henderson County Lady Colonel basketball coach Jeff Hale, one of the winningest high school round ball coaches in the state, now a Hall of Famer. But this time around, I have lined up for you one of Coach Hale's most respected and beloved former players. This goes back very early in the coaching career of Jeff Hale. However, she remains the all-time leading scorer in Lady Colonel basketball history. Her name is Lisa Hayden. She proudly wore the Lady Colonel uniform between 1988 and 1991. Afterwards, she would further her education and basketball career at Miami of Ohio in Oxford, Ohio, where she continued to thrive and excel on the court. And following college graduation, she enjoyed a very rewarding career in basketball coaching. So we will detail that for you. We will discuss Lisa's playing days for Coach Jeff Hale in high school and the lessons that she learned from him. We will bring you up to speed with what Lisa's doing now in Cincinnati. And we will get her advice for aspiring coaches as well as current coaches looking to work their way up the coaching ladder. So strap yourself in. It's going to be fun. Blabbing in the Bluegrass Season 6, Episode 16 starts right now. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Crawford to Crofton, Caneyville to Canada, Yes, my friends, there is a Canada, Kentucky. Nobody but nobody blankets the bluegrass quite like we do here on Blabbit in the Bluegrass as we thoughtfully and wholeheartedly explore and celebrate all things Kentucky. I'm Sam Moore here as per usual at the inviting and exciting North Quail Motel in Precious Henderson KY. We've got a Hendersonian by birth on the show today and by raising. Now, she hasn't been here in Henderson since 1991, but uh, she has certainly done her hometown proud, not only by being the all-time leading Lady Colonel basketball scorer, but by thriving at Miami of Ohio and then being such a great coach, not only at the high school level, but also as an assistant at the college level. Two different places, so we'll detail that as we go along here. Now talk about a small world. My cousin, Beth Roderer, played basketball at Miami of Ohio for two of the same years that Lisa Hayden was on the coaching staff there. In fact, it was Lisa's first two years as an assistant at Miami. Beth's first two years, Lisa was not there, but uh, Lisa came along Beth's junior year, and I know they really think a lot of each other. They bonded quite nicely, enjoyed some uh, random shoot-arounds together along with the uh, hard practices and games that they uh, 
both sweat through, and so you got to mix the business with the pleasure, right? So uh, anyhow, we'll talk more about their relationship a little bit more anyway in the first part of my conversation with Lisa Hayden, and it's going to be a lot of fun, so I encourage you to stay right where you are, but before we get to Lisa Hayden, who is patiently waiting in the wings, I have for you another Bluegrass Brain Buster. We do these at the beginning of the show each and every week, at least if it's up to me, we do it each and every week, (laughs) as long as I'm able to uh, find some randomness for you, and we'll give you the question now, we will give you the answer at the conclusion of today's program. Useful randomness, no, right? Uh, Useful randomness. You never know when you're going to be in that millionaire hot seat, and you're going to get a question about the bluegrass state. Maybe it'll be the million-dollar question, and you'll thank me later. I'd expect part of that money, too, okay? But uh, anyhow, here is, without further ado, your bluegrass brain buster. Did you know Kentucky had an official state gemstone? Yes, we do, and I want to know what it is. Again, what is Kentucky's official state gemstone? You think on that? We will reveal the answer in the program's final segments. Good luck. Sam Moore proudly presents his Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser. I am beyond privileged to introduce to you today a uh, lady who holds the distinction of being the all-time leading scorer in Henderson County Lady Colonel history. She later uh, furthered her education in basketball career at Miami of Ohio, where she uh, played for four years. She would later coach there as an assistant and uh, went on to coach at Illinois State on a different staff shortly thereafter. And most importantly, she played under head coach Jeff Hale, who was recently inducted into the Kentucky High School Basketball Hall of Fame. So we're going to talk with her about um, her experience playing for coach and uh, also her playing and coaching days at the college level, and uh, gosh, anything else that we can pry out of her. And coming to us direct via Zoom from Cincinnati, Ohio, let's put our hands together for none other than Lisa Hayden. <laughs> and thanks, Sam. Lisa, it's a, a privilege to be here. It is an honor to to have you on the show. And uh, we were talking about uh, my cousin Beth Roeder off the air here. She played... Um, for you, I think it was your first two years as an assistant at Miami when she was when she yes. was there. Yes. Yeah. And um and you tell me that that everything she told you about me was good. And I'm I'm hoping that I can believe you, but you know <laughs> she adores you. She adores you. Oh um, goodness. I feel like I, I I knew you. I feel like you were part of the family. Look at you. Well, you know, we we are from the same hometown, although you've been gone for a year or two. When you come back to Henderson, um, what's that one restaurant that you miss so much and you just have to have each and every time? (laughs) Sam, to be honest with you, I don't think there were like a lot of restaurants in Henderson when I was there. A <laughs> many, lot of them that are there ago. now weren't back then, I know. I know. I, when I came back, I just wanted my mom and dad's home cooked meals. You just That's wanted home I cooking. I did. I did. I think when you grew up in the, the, the college life and traveling a lot, 
Um, we ate a lot of restaurants. We ate a lot of um, sub places just because of our travel schedule, our recruiting schedule. So um, when I came back into town, I wanted home cooked meals. <laughs> I don't blame you. Those, those never get old. So yeah, sorry, Henderson area restaurants. None of you are going to get a free plug, but uh <laughs> but there are a lot of good ones though now my family tell me and uh, when I come back in too it seems like it's always over a holiday so it's a, usually a very quick trip visiting family and then I'm I'm out of there again so I, I really haven't spent a lot of time like a, a long chunk of time um back in Henderson like you're we, just uh you're just in and out in and out, in and out. <laughs> Absolutely, nobody can can pin you down. But anyway, it's a uh, it's great to to have you on here. Like we said, now for our Henderson folks that uh, remember your playing days from the uh, Lady Colonels and have uh, sort of lost track of you, maybe since those playing days in the late 80s, early 90s. Not that you're old or anything, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, why don't you uh, why don't you bring us up to speed on the the endeavors that have been uh, keeping you busy these days up there in Cincinnati. The endeavors. You went from the time I left Henderson County? Or? Well, no. Well, or we'll 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 talk about present day, okay. and then we'll work our way back. Yeah. Currently, I am uh, in Cincinnati. I'm into real estate, and um, I am helping to raise my eight-year-old godkids. Yes, um, who are playing soccer as we speak. Playing soccer right now as we speak. So this made it an ideal moment to have, um, to be on this podcast because they would be jumping in and introducing themselves and telling you all about their lives. And Oh um, gosh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> have some time to think. <laughs> that, that would make for a, a more memorable podcast anyway. But, <laughs> but anyway, we'll... <laughs> We'll get the uh, we'll get the God kids on down the road, but uh, anyhow. So you're you're selling real estate. Are you uh, are you doing are you doing any kind of um, coaching, maybe at the AIU level or anything like that? I I have been uh, last three years. Uh, I was coaching. I've been coaching with the uh, Cincinnati Angels basketball program, uh, which is an AAU program, obviously here in uh, the Cincinnati area, um, and they compete in the Under Armour circuit. So they're sponsored by Under Armour, and they compete in the Under Armour circuit. I see. Well, that that gives you a chance to to dabble in the sport that you know and love. And oh, it does. I love being able to give back, and uh, it kind of fuels my passion for the game still. And uh, um, you know, being around these, uh, you know, coaching their high school uh, age girls, and um, and they have aspirations of also playing in college. All of them at different levels. Um, but it's been it's been a great thing to be able to give back and be able to teach them a little bit of what I've learned over the years and um, um, yeah, just be able to help them in any way I can. Indeed, I know that's got to be gratifying. Now, uh, when and how did you first fall in love with basketball as a young pup, Lisa? Oh my gosh! Well, I don't know. I don't know anything different, to be honest with you. Um, my parents told me that I used to sleep with a basketball when I was a baby. Um, <laughs> I, I believe it. In a basketball. Um, my, my parents had me when they were young and my dad was still playing basketball. He was around um, in Henderson and, and I would go to the gym with him and I, I just fell in love with it. I, I, I loved all sports um, and I think it really, uh, and then I played it at Holy Name and 
that was just, I, it's, in some ways you always felt like an outsider because there weren't a lot of girls that liked to play or loved it as much as I did. Um, but I used to run around with guys all the time. I used to play with the guys in my class, you know, at recess, uh, play with the guys in the neighborhood. Um, and then when the opportunity came for me to play on a team, um, I felt like I, I, I just excelled probably because I always played with, I was always playing. I was always playing something. Um, you know, Terry Clark had a song one time <laughs> on country radio called This Girl's Just One of the Guys. And you probably felt that way when you were on those neighborhood teams. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I learned how to I learned how to do a hook shot just so I wouldn't get blocked. And um, they didn't take it easy on you, which is great. Um, I, I love just being competitive. Yeah, it just made you stronger, didn't it? Oh, it did. It did. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, the habit, how many siblings did you have, Lisa? I have three younger brothers. I'm the yeah. oldest. Yeah. You are the oldest. So uh, you learn to stop picking on them when they get bigger than you. You know, your, your former coach, Jeff Hale, played at Holy Name, too. So that's uh, that's quite a small world. I know. I know. I am so excited about his induction. It is so well deserved. He has um, put in so much time and you know, he is essentially the Lady Colonel basketball. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to imagine the Lady Colonel program without him. Yes, and uh, and I know he was uh, he was actually a young coach himself when you played under him. He was, yeah. But yeah, um, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, he he was he was a rookie. He, I mean, he was young. I should yeah. say a rookie. He wasn't well, a rookie, but he was young in his in his coaching days and his teaching days and young in his professional life. Absolutely. Yes. He, <laughs> he was uh, very skilled, but young. And uh, we'll talk more about coach Hale momentarily, but right now I'd like for you to uh, talk to us about uh, your fondest memories of uh, playing in the lady Colonel uniform, along with the uh, great teammates with whom you uh, made those memories, Lisa. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's some it's still some of the best moments of my um, playing days. And I, I think it was um, it, it, it was really fun to see the transformation of um, the girls basketball in, in Henderson um, during that time. Um, when I was uh, a freshman, I played on the team with a very senior dominated squad, um, JC Warren and um, Janet McKetney and Stacey Oakley and um, Shelly Duncan, Connor Adams, you know, it was just, a, a, I think there were six seniors on that, on that squad. So you were the baby in that family. I was definitely the baby in that family. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, um, and that was the year, the first year that the, the, the girls, the lady colonels went to the state tournament. And it was just a phenomenal experience to watch just our, our fan base grow from just basically, you know, our parents in the stands to having sellout um, gyms later that day and having a great representation in the state tournament. And then, uh, you know, we, we, the, those girls graduated, we graduated um, a, a great group of seniors and, you know, I don't think many people thought that we would do very much. And that next year, my sophomore year, um, you know, Amy Hall and Gretchen Inyard and, um, 
you know, we just, we had a, a good group that just played well together and gelled well together. And they had probably, that team chemistry. Well, and we probably didn't have very many, uh, we didn't have expectations from the outside world. So there wasn't that pressure. So we just played. We didn't really get wrapped up into uh, rankings. We just wanted to play and we wanted to win. And, um, and we had a lot of fun together. You know, we learned, we laughed a lot together. It was just a good bonding. You know, we didn't have cell phones back in the day. So, and, or computers, laptop computers. So, um, you know, we bonded with each other. You got to know one another, you know, you laughed together and told stories and you hung out together and, um, and, and, and those were all, you know, special times. And I've been blessed to play with a lot of special players too. I mean, JC Warren probably started my recruiting process because she was being recruited. So people that came out to watch her, you know, also got to see our entire team. And then, you know, you got Leslie Hay and Nicole Hay behind, you know, where, you know, it just felt like there was some, some interest where I, I think, you know, Henderson County started to look pretty good in terms of girls basketball and, and, and um, uh, players in the western part of the state were being recognized and and that was really fun uh, to be a part of that yeah so a lot of pe- people that were um, you know representing these colleges that might have been there to see jc warren well <laughs> they sure <laughs> they got they got to look at other people too yourself included and you know that was <laughs> that was nothing but a perk it was and that's you know that's kind of the way the recruiting world goes, you know, having been on the other side and and recruited at the college level, it's like you go to watch, um, you know, one player um, and and then you find out, you know what, she can play too. And she's a really good player. And hey, let's keep an eye on this, this kid. Yeah, (laughs) uh, that's kind of the way it works. And so um, yeah, let's remember her name. (laughs) Yeah, I I was fortunate. I was fortunate to have, um, you know, um, players in front of me that were recruited. And, um, you know, hopefully by the time I got to be at that recruitable age that I hope I did some favors for some kids that were younger, some players that were younger. Oh, I know you did. And um, gosh, Jeff Hale told me when uh, when I chatted with him a few weeks ago that he um, he coached at uh, five different venues as part of the state tournament because, you know, it rotated around for a while. And, uh, and yeah. um, <laughs> of course, it, it was in Bowling Green as far back as I could remember up until recently. And then went to northern Kentucky up there uh, in your neck of the woods. And um, then it's in, it switched to Rub, which is, which is where it is now. But when you played in the state tournaments, I believe he said it was in Frankfurt, wasn't it? Frankfurt, yes. <laughs> it was in Frankfurt. <laughs> in an arena that Jeff and I were trying to decide whether or not it still it still exists. So we, we haven't quite made that determination yet, but <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Uh, I w- maybe was it the Frankfurt Civic Center, maybe or oh I forget I what he remember. Barnum Dungeon, I think is what he said it was called. Okay, okay. Yeah, Barnum Dungeon Arena. Okay. So yeah, does that ring a bell? No, not at all. No. I knew it was in Frankfurt, though. You just, you just, <laughs> you just knew <laughs> just you were in on, Frankfurt. That's all I you can. I just got on the bus, and wherever they took me and they asked me to play, I'd play. <laughs> they just showed you the floor, and you went out and did your thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, as we mentioned, your, your former coach, Jeff Hale, went into the Kentucky High School Basketball uh, Hall of Fame a few weeks ago. Well-deserved. And I was just curious, what in your mind – sets Jeff Hale apart from 
most other basketball coaches at the high school uh, or college level for that matter. Well, you know, I, I've been able to see him uh, coach um, later in life as, as, you know, I recruited Ashley Hawkins at Miami and have seen some of the other players and he's definitely gotten softer in his old age. <laughs> <laughs> he was more hardcore back then, huh? <laughs> he was. No, I, I, you know, I really, you know, I admire him. I admire his, his sense of preparation. Um, he always came prepared. He worked us hard, but we knew why we were doing things. Um, we were well conditioned. Um, and, you know, he's also a coach that wouldn't be afraid to tell you what he needed from you and what the team needed from you. And I really appreciate that honesty. Yeah. Constructive criticism was, uh, yeah, and was always it, welcomed. I know. Yeah. And sometimes it wasn't even criticism. It was like, Hey, I need you to do more of this. I need you to do more of this. So we have a better chance of winning. And I just, I, 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 I appreciate that honesty. Um, you know, where some the, people are afraid of, of, of hurting people's feelings or not being able to sit down and, and talk to them ab about certain things. I mean, he, he would be very honest about what he needed. Um, from me and what he expected from me and you know i didn't want to let him down oh no yeah <laughs> down, you know? And, you know, he, he knew how to tug on that heartstring too you know absolutely yeah he... sign of a good coach and knowing what motivates players and players are motivated very differently and I, I i didn't want to let anyone down so yeah he knew how to talk in a way that make you listen Oh, he, yeah, he did for me, for sure. For you, yeah. What do you believe to be the most valuable lessons you learned from Coach Hale while playing for him, Lisa? Um, I think he, he, he always took a pride in his work. Um, he was, as I said before, he was well-prepared. Um, he had attention to detail. Um, he honestly, he, he, he cared about every player sure um, and that you know that, that that speaks a lot and he's very loyal I mean he's stayed at one place he's he's developed programs he's had he's coached numerous 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 young women and um, you know I, I feel very honored to be um, one of those oh I can imagine <laughs> for sure and um, I, I guess you know his son, Stephen, who is my age. He's now a head coach, too. So I did know that. That's great. You did. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, it's his second he's year. For the wrong, he's just coaching for the wrong team. This is true. Yes. He's, <laughs> Stephen is coaching for the uh, Davis County Lady Panthers. Yes. So that's awesome. That's awesome. I, you know, I think that's a, uh, you know, that's a, a testament also to, you know, Coach Hale. Um, you know, to have two sons who are also involved in coaching. Yeah, that's true because Ryan is all, Ryan's the coach of a uh, men's basketball team down yeah. Webster County. So, yes. Yeah, we yeah. can't forget about Ryan. But, I know. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, now following high school, Lisa, you furthered your uh, basketball career at uh, Miami of Ohio. Now, I must say the, uh, the, the track from Henderson, Kentucky to, uh, Oxford, Ohio was not the most common pipeline among Henderson <laughs> County High School graduates. So uh, tell me what it was that uh, that attracted you to, to Miami of Ohio. Um, I, uh, I fell in love when I walked on campus. I, when I was looking at schools, when I was being recruited and I was looking at schools, 
I wanted a, a couple things. I wanted a, a, a college atmosphere for sure. Mm. Um, um, something that just, you know, just exuded, just uh, it was in its own college realm. And I wanted to um, go to a place where I felt I could have an impact. I wanted to, um, you know, when you're looking at your evaluating your, your playing um, skill set and, 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 and what have you, um, I didn't want to go to a place and have to sit on the bench or not have any control over my playing time for, right. for two years just to learn a system. I wanted to go to a place that, you know, if I worked hard, if I uh, did the things I was supposed to do, if I came in in great shape, if I, um, I, I wanted to have control over my ability to see the playing, the, the, the court. And Absolutely. I, I, and I wanted to be surrounded by good people too. And I, uh, when I, I took my visit there, I, I fell in love with the place. You played for the uh, Red Hawks from 91 to 95. And um, I'm trying to think, who was uh, who was your coach at Miami, Lisa? It was Linda Wonder. Linda. Linda Wonder. And then it went to Lisa Bradley. So I had Linda Wonder my first two years. And then uh, the assistant coach, Lisa Bradley, took over. And when I played there, we were actually the Redskins. I was a Redskin, and then I coached as a Red Hawk. Okay. Yeah, I knew they were the Red Hawks by the time you uh, jumped aboard the coaching staff there. But, uh, you know, you've always been known as a, as a prolific scorer and three-point shooter in both high school and college. But I know that, uh, you know, in, high, in college, there's always some, uh, some adjustments that, that uh-huh. need to, to be made to, to everybody's game. So uh, what in your mind are the most notable ways that, that your skill set was, was enhanced during your college playing days there at Miami? So I have a little funny story. So my first year playing, my very first game was an exhibition game. Uh-huh. And I, I was definitely, I love to shoot the ball. Um, I was definitely a lot more offensive minded than I was defensive minded. And when I got to college, I had a very defensive minded coach. And um, our very first exhibition game that we played in uh, we were playing a, maybe a team from Mexico. We had some international team oh, and, wow. um, that next that I don't remember if we won or lost, but that next day, <laughs> the next day in practice, I really got ripped for not being, for not playing good defense. Oh, and you know, I, I got called out and they're like, Hayden, how many points did your player have on you last night? I don't know, coach, a lot. <laughs> How many? A lot, coach. <laughs> Didn't keep track, coach. And um, <laughs> what, what, what was the number? I'm like, I don't know, 28 maybe? <laughs> I don't know, 31? I don't know. And she's like, no, she had, I think she's like, she had 31 points. What's that telling you? And I said, coach, you need to get me the ball more. I could have outscored her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that didn't go over very well. Oh gosh, yeah, that was a, that was a pretty good comeback though. But uh, yeah, she was more concerned about your defense mm-hmm. than the amount of points you scored. <laughs> and I just wanted to let her know that I could have outscored her. But oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> just out of curiosity, what uh, what sparked your desire to coach, Lisa? I knew that basketball uh, basketball was a great thing for me, and uh, I loved it. And I wanted to find a way to be involved as long as I could. 
Um, so I went the coaching route and uh, I loved every minute of it. I was very fortunate to coach with some amazing, amazing people. Your first coaching job was actually at the high school level, Notre Dame High School in Cincinnati. And you spent your first two years there as uh, an assistant coach. And then you uh, spent your last two years as head coach. So uh, describe some of the uh, <laughs> the biggest challenges you faced in your very first coaching gig, along with uh, the biggest perks and, and thrills of the opportunity. <laughs> well, actually, when I was doing my student teaching, um, I was uh, coaching at Hamilton Baden. So I coached there for two years. And then I went to Mount Notre Dame and coached uh, then I went to Mount Notre Dame and, and coached at Mount Notre Dame for two years, was assistant coach um, okay, under so. uh, Chris Mack, who was the former University of Louisville's men's basketball coach. Yes, and Xavier so, coach. So, yeah, Xavier coach and, and yeah, University of Louisville coach. And then I, uh, when he went on, uh, he knew he wanted to get into the college coaching ranks. And I took over um, the high school program. Um, and very fortunate. It's a, it's a very, uh, it's a very dominant program in the state of Ohio. Um, I'm very fortunate to have some 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 really great players. Sarah Allen, who went on to play at Arizona State. Uh, Sarah Schloss played at Dayton. Um, Aaron Malik played at the University of uh, San at San Diego. Uh, Pam Brandon played at Troy. Um, See, these are all Division One schools, people. So that's how you know she had talent. <laughs> all Division One schools, and then uh, had some, uh, you know, some some players that went Division uh, One, Two, and Three in volleyball. Volleyball was dominant there. They were state champions. Um, so we had some volleyball players who just brought that competitive spirit to the uh, to the mix. Um, and then when I was head coach at Mount Notre Dame, I, I was fortunate enough to coach a player by the name of Mel Thomas, who went on to play at UConn. Um, I had her my freshman year, or her freshman year. Well, we all know um, what a dynasty then, UConn has in the way of women's basketball. Yeah, yeah. I'm betting you had some uh, some pretty deep postseason tournament runs as well during those two years. Yeah, but Ohio's basketball was very dominant. So we got knocked out of um, the tournament by a, another team um, who had five Division One starters. Oh, five D1 starters. Five Division I, <laughs> How often does that starters happen? were Division One players. And so oh, uh, it's just, you know, it's just uh, uh, Ohio's a really, really – um, Kentucky's known for basketball, but Ohio has a lot of uh, girls basketball, really talented girls basketball. It's probably one of the, um, it's probably one of the more recruited states. Um, now this, uh, this team with five D1 college starters, um, what was it, was it in Cincinnati or Cleveland or where was it? Do you remember? Yeah, it was in Beaver Creek. It was, uh, just North of Cincinnati and, uh, their, their big player was, um, Allison Bales who went on to play at, at Duke. Um, but not only was she, uh, she was like six, five, you know, so, I mean, she was, six, uh, five, all they had to do is throw the ball in there. My little five, nine players couldn't, that uh, they, they battled as hard as they could, but they couldn't, they, they couldn't quite <laughs> compensate for that height difference. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's hard to make up for six inches difference in the height department, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, that was, you know, those were, those were commendable runs though. And I know you made a, 
a profound impact on their lives. Now, uh, after serving at Mount Notre Dame High School for uh, mm-hmm. a total of four years, you uh, made your triumphant return to Miami of Ohio, where you came on as assistant coach for uh-huh. the uh, Lady Red Hawks under Maria Fantana Rosa. So uh, explain mm-hmm. how it felt to to come back to your alma mater and aid in the uh, the guidance and direction of the program in which you thrived as a player. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, Maria gave me my first shot at uh, the college level. And, um, you know, I, I really wasn't even looking. I never even really thought, uh, I, I really didn't think when I was at the high school level, I really didn't think about coaching at the college level. And, um, she had lost an assistant coach. Assistant coach went on uh, to a different school, and uh, she had uh, called me up, or actually e- emailed me, and asked me to give her a call. Um, she had a position open, and she wanted me to interview for it. And I was like, "Gosh, I never really thought about this." So okay, I was excited. <laughs> and uh, let's do it. Uh, yeah, let's let's go. Um, you know, so threw my resume together really quickly and, um, you know, did all that stuff and, and did all the formal stuff. And then I was brought into campus for an interview and uh, I thought the interview went really well. Um, it was great being back. I was familiar with so many things. Uh, you know, the biggest thing was get, just getting familiar with, with her and what she wanted to do in terms of her uh, philosophies and what she had envisioned for the program. And, um, I loved it. I, I was immediately hooked. I, I knew within, you know, the first five minutes of, of us talking that um, if I were, if I was going to be given that opportunity, I would jump all over it. So um, <laughs> you just knew it was meant to be. I, I did, you know, you just, when, when things just align, you, you like the way people do things and you appreciate their vision for the program. You appreciate how they run the program and most importantly, how they treat people. Sure. Um, um, cause that's the most important thing to me. Um, you know, the game's the game. Um, uh, there's a lot of different ways to, to win a basketball game as there are any number of sports. Um, there's no set, there's nothing that's set in stone. Um, but I think it's, it, it's the process of it all. It's how do the, how do you treat your players? How do you treat other people on the, um, involved with the program? How do you treat, um, you know, your peers, how do you treat people in the community? And, um, you know, those are the, those are the most important things to me. And, and she treats, um, she treated people with respect and, oh, yeah. um, and within and, and outside and, of the program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I, I loved it. It's very easy. Uh, you spend a lot of hours together and it's very easy to work for someone when you're, uh, just when your passions align and when your morals align. When, they, when you got that common ground. Now she got to Miami uh, a little before you joined her staff, I guess it was about yes. three years there, but the two of you stayed together for 12 years, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. 12 years. So <laughs> that was 12 years and she's still one of my best friends. So <laughs> absolutely she can't get rid of me. <laughs> uh, try as she may. She can't. <laughs> but uh, anyway, she's still coaching these days. She is. She's uh, an assistant coach at Michigan State. Oh, she's an assistant for the Lady Spartans. Mm-hmm. I, I gotcha. So she's she's still doing her thing. Now, now you you served in a variety of capacities 
on uh, on Miami staff, Lisa. But I know that one of your most prominent roles was that of recruiting coordinator. And I tell you what, people take for granted uh, how hard it is to get recruits on campus. And there's always a lot of competition for those recruits. So, uh, you know, it can be mm-hmm. a, a demanding position for sure. Now, give us an overview, if you would, of the uh, the strategies you use to uh, – <laughs> to attract talent to the program and describe maybe what a, a standard recruiting visit might typically entail. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So strategies, they vary from every school has a, a different strategy. Yeah, um, and, you know, the, rules, what you can do, what you can't do. Yeah. So now things have changed a little bit since I've, I've been there before you could uh, September 1st of their junior year, of a kid's junior year was an important date because then you could start phone calls. I think it was one phone call a week and everything had to be logged and tracked and uh, you'd coordinate what coach was calling whom. Um, You could send out mailings, but they could only be black and white at that time because they wanted to make sure that people that didn't have uh, colored copiers weren't and had at an unfair advantage. Um, I know it's come a long way since then. I've seen a lot of the transition even in, uh, uh, you know, even during my time there. Oh, sure. Um, now they don't mind coaches texting back and forth, but you, no, you didn't want to do that yeah. back then, did you? No, we, we couldn't. We couldn't. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of our strategy, at, at least at, at Miami, we covered pretty much a five-hour radius. Um, so that would include all of Ohio, um, you know, Indiana, a little bit of Illinois, it would include, you know, Kentucky, um, a little bit of Michigan. Um, th- those are some of the high points that we hit. And so when we went to these tournaments, we would go to sanctioned NCAA sanctioned events where a lot of AAU teams would compete. And uh, we would see every team that was in our area within a five hour radius. That was our goal as a staff is to make sure that we evaluated um, every player um, in that area. And uh, we would kind of compile a recruiting list of kids uh, would be a good fit. And by a good fit, I mean, um, you know, you could walk in, there might be a lot of people, but, uh, you know, realistically, we probably weren't going to touch the same kid that was going to go to a UConn unless there was right. a special tie at Miami. <laughs> and so you kind of have to learn to evaluate skill sets too of who's going to help take you to another level in terms of competitiveness. Um, and then the more you got to know them, it would be more about the fit. Uh, you know, do they, they fit as people um, with what we're trying to accomplish? Yeah, not just players. And, um, you know, Maria always had a saying that she wanted kids who wanted to win championships that just didn't want to settle for getting the scholarship. And, you know, that kind of stuck with me you know, throughout all my coaching career, because you wanted that, that those, those players that just had that drive that wanted to be the best that they could be, um, you know, and uh, those are kind of the things that, you know, we would look for when we were recruiting um, people that just, their goal wasn't just to get the scholarship. So when you got up to to the college level, they just were like, all right, (laughs) I did what I wanted to do. My parents don't have to pay for college. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, you wanted somebody that cared just as much about their teammates and, and yes. being a good teammate. <laughs> being a good teammate and, 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 and working hard and being competitive. And and so, um, you know, we would put them on the list and, you know, kind of work your way through the list of people that um, we might be interested in getting to know more or 
Um, yeah, and then when we you... would follow up with phone calls and yeah. try to get them to come visit. And, um, you know, we would only offer kids when they came to visit us. I, I, things have changed uh, so much nowadays because kids won't even come to campus now unless they have an offer. But uh, we wanted to make sure that they were they were good fits, you know, on and off off the, the court. Gotcha. So you never made them an offer like when you were going to visit them. <laughs> no, we, no, 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 no. We would go and watch. We were watching for basketball. We were watching evaluations for basketball. Right. Um, you know, do they have the skill set? Um, and then you watch a lot of the the action behind the action. Um, so you'd watch. You know, uh, what do they do when they're taken out of the game? Are they pouty? Do they run to the end of the bench and don't shake anyone's hand? Um, yeah. How do they treat their teammates? Do they give their coaches eye contact? Um, yeah, how do they um, handle so adversity? Would, yeah, how do they handle adversity? You know, those are yeah. the those are the kind of you know you start to look at some things other than the skill set that they're like, hey, you know what? This is this this kid. This kid has something. We need to we need to keep our eye on her, or we need to get to know her more. Sure. Um, now, uh, did you ever take them out to eat or line and dine them a little bit when you made those visits? No, we weren't. Um, so when we went to uh, when we were out evaluating them, we couldn't, uh, ha- most of the time we couldn't have contact with them. The only time we could have contact with them is if they had already signed to play for us. Um, but the, most of the time we, we couldn't have contact with them. Now, when they came on campus, um, an unofficial visit for us, they would incur the cost. So if they got in the car, they drove, we did lunch, they'd have to pay for their own lunch. Um, but we could, you know, tour them of the facilities, let them meet people, um, let them meet our academic advisors, meet the team, watch a practice, et cetera. Um, and then the official visits that were extended um, at the time, the players could only take five official visits uh, during the course of their recruiting process. And the schools were only allowed to have 12 in for that year. Um, and so you, had, when you were offered an official visit, it had to be a pretty, a pretty good match. And the official right. visits, the college coaches picked up, uh, the college just picked up the tab. So they would be able to pay for their transportation. Uh, they'd be able to pay for their meals. Um, they'd be able to pay for their lodging. Um, and, and so that was a, a lot of the differences between the official and unofficial visits. I see. So for the official visits, you know, there was, there was a pretty good probability that, that they were going to end up playing for your squad. <laughs> we, yeah, we wanted them. If we, if we offered them an official visit, we, we wanted them. Yeah. We, you we were interested in them for sure. Yeah. We were yes. very interested in them. And Right. Yeah. Well, that's, it's, it, it is interesting how all that, you know, used to work and continues to work because, like you said, recruiting's a lot different now than it was back when uh, when you were going through and, and doing yeah, it. But, uh, but it anyway, is. you uh, you eventually worked your way up to um, associate head coach under Maria, and you did that for four years. And afterwards, uh-huh. you um, continued your coaching journey in the tiny little college town of Normal, Illinois. <laughs> at, uh, at Illinois State University, where you uh, jumped yes. on board as as an assistant there for the Lady Redbirds under Barb Smith. Yes. Now, uh, now was it was there a bit of a culture shock moving from from Cincinnati slash Oxford, Ohio to to Normal, Illinois? No, you know, it's just kind of like Henderson. They have a lot of cornfields in all places. Yeah, you know, you're Henderson, used to those in Henderson, Oxford, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know it. It was, um, 
it was a little bit of a shock um, in, in terms of um, I mean, that had been the first move I'd made in the college in the college ranks um, where most people stay three or four years. And I, I was lucky and fortunate enough to be there for 12 years. That was really unheard of um, for a lot of people. Sure. Um, but to be at one place for, for that long. And, you know, that was my biggest fears. I never wanted anyone to think I was complacent, um, that I wanted to keep growing. I wanted to keep growing myself individually. I wanted to help keep growing the program. And when I went to um, Illinois State, it was another program and another coach that I, I, I felt like I aligned well with. Uh, Barb Smith is a wonderful, wonderful um, um person and she cares deeply for people period sure um, and coaching just gets to be the avenue in in which she helps them grow and um everything yeah. that she did was with with was with them in mind and in a, in a business um where everything is predicated in our profession on wins and losses um uh, she was willing to sacrifice some of that uh, she was willing to sacrifice that period um, for the betterment of the players. Yeah, she had and their best interests in mind. She 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 did she did. I mean, when we came in and when she came in, um, there had only been I think three players that had any kind of playing time, and the highest one was averaging three point nine minutes a game. Um, so we knew that the cupboard was bare. Yeah, lots of inexperience. Yeah, she made it very clear uh, that she wanted to make sure that they, these kids were taken care of, that we were going to grow and develop them, but we need to get better players in um, yes. to be more competitive. Speaking of Barb Smith, she's actually a CEO of her own company now, isn't she? She is. She is. Uh, find, uh, find my team. And she is um, all for the empowerment of women. Yeah, she's staying very true to herself and she helps uh, um, athletes uh, find their colleges. See, and that's um, awesome. And so she, she helps, you know, find the good fit for, for all the different players she serves. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, she trying to just tries to reassure them that they're doing the right things and following the right steps and she'll give them strategies. Um, but she is very, very, very passionate um, about that, about the growth of uh, women, especially young women, especially young and women, helping them yeah. find their voice and ask the right questions to find their, um, to find a place that 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 will fit them. Yeah, well, that's a great organization with a great mission. Now, a lot of your roles, mm -hmm. you know, between uh, Miami and Illinois State were similar. You you were recruiting coordinator both places. You you served as an associate <laughs> head coach at both places. Yes. But um, I know your your roles weren't uh, completely alike. So, uh, what were some of the most notable differences between uh, your roles at, at uh, Illinois State on their coaching staff and and your duties at Miami. They were, they were very, very similar. I think they just have different approaches. Um, you know, oh, gotcha. Maria is, is, is different than, than Barb, but my role was very similar. Um, still entrusted with um, um, uh, game strategies, with recruiting, with uh, the player development. Um, yeah. Monitoring the academics. I mean, they're all, they're all similar. And I, I, that's the part I love. That's yeah. what I loved about being um, an assistant coach is that you just, I, I, you take away a lot of the, the head coach has a lot more of the uh, 
fundraising duties and the public appearances. And I, I loved and my passion was and still is with the, the players. I can imagine. Yes. And that's, that's what made it all worthwhile. And I know you work with the guards a lot of Illinois state, but you did, you did a fair amount of that at Miami of Ohio too. Didn't you? Yeah. I've always been a guard coach. So at Miami, I had both uh, point guards and off guards. Those were my, my area, my player development areas. And then we would have different game strategies too, whether it be focused on transition or offense or defense and that kind of rotated around, but I always had uh, guard individual development. Um, at both Miami and uh, Illinois State. Well, that's that's wonderful. Of course, you were in normal for four years, and um, then you moved uh, you moved back to the Natty, as people call it over there. Yeah, <laughs> back to the Natty. <laughs> and uh, you've been there, and I guess you've been uh, you know between real estate and uh, your godchildren and your AAU coaching. That's Pretty well kept yeah. you busy since 2017, hadn't it? I, I have, and I've got uh, two other little little guys that are I'm very very close to um, that I nanny and I watch. So I just you know I'm I'm, I'm filled with a lot of um, a lot of uh, I think I, I I'm just I'm filled. I'm 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 very fulfilled. Yeah, and what you're... I get to do and how I get to do it, and I've always stayed true. I think when you get to follow your passions and you get to do things. Um, that you love to do, it doesn't ever seem like work. Yeah, you do what you love and, and you never work a day in your life. I have heard that's, that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And the good thing about, you know, what you're doing is, you know, you're, you're involved in a lot of things, but yet, uh, you know, I'm guessing there's, there's quite a bit of flexibility with your schedule. So there's a lot more flexibility now than there ever has been. Uh, college coaching didn't have um, much oh, flexibility. No. I mean, one no. of the, the reasons I decided to, you know, get out when I did, uh, my godkids were young at the time. And I, I went from December 26th to the end of our season and, and didn't even see them, you know, didn't see them for uh, how many months um, just to, because our, yeah. <laughs> our schedules were so hectic and you know you go into things or at least I went into uh, one of the reasons I love the coach is to make an impact and and to have an influence on these young ladies lives and I knew it at home in Cincinnati I had an influence I could be making an influence on these two little my two little godchildren um, and so um, I just, you know, if the opportunity presents itself somewhere down the line, you know, that's fine, but I don't get a chance to go back and redo these moments. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. This, this precious time you're spending with them, it's, it's, it's priceless. I know. And maybe, maybe they'll get into basketball one of these days. Ah, uh, I think so. They might have a little bit of the bug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't matter to me. You know, all I want and anyone is, that, you know, you, I want them to be active. It doesn't matter to me what it is. Yeah. Um, I just want them to be, you know, active and, and, and really enjoy what they do. You scored a grand total of uh, 2,020 points in a lady colonel's uniform. And uh, you followed that up in college with a measly 1,047 points. What happened in college, Lisa? Your game really slipped. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, I know. Coach Hill did a much better job of getting me the ball. <laughs> I know. Yeah, those, uh, yeah, Linda, and who was your other coach last two years? Linda Wonder and, and Lisa Bradley. And Lisa, no, yeah. I, yeah Linda know, and Lisa you, just didn't get you the ball as much. Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> but for those, uh, for those listeners who might be uh, athletes that are perhaps trying to uh, sharpen their 
shooting hand. Uh, tell me, Lisa Hayden, what what was the secret to your your smooth, pure stroke? <laughs> a lot of work. A lot of work. Um, I, you know, I can remember. Um, you know, my dad would drop me off at the gym a lot of times, um, you know, on his way to work and he'd come back and get me for lunch. And I would just be in there shooting. I'd just figure it out. I'd figure out what wasn't going well, what wasn't working. Um, um, and, I, and I would just try to try to figure it out. I'd try to figure it out on my own. And, you know, as I got older, it was very easy. You, you just got to know your body and you know what you needed to do. Um, um, and, and I loved it. I, it you're always going to invest a lot in things you love. Oh, sure. And that That's what makes it easy. Um, if you love it and you're passionate about it, um, you don't mind putting in the work. I wish I knew, you know, then what I know now in terms of, um, you know, more drills to do and more, um, more things to do um, to even further my, my basketball um, playing abilities at that time. But uh you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and now as a coach, I, I try to just guide and uh, guide my players the best I can. Sure, <laughs> and you you do an admirable job. But like I said, yeah, hard hard work always pays dividends in some form or fashion. It, it does, and I think you have to work with a purpose too. Um, I don't know that I ever really knew what my, my purpose at that time was to be the best I could, um, but I think. Uh, you have to go at it with an, in, an, an intensity. Um, you know, I, I tell a lot of the players, you know, just because you're in the gym for this amount of time doesn't mean you automatically get better. You've got to still put in the work. Or there'd be sometimes if I was having an individual workout or a small group workout with um, some of my college players, you know, sometimes they just weren't into it. I'm like, mm -mm, just, you know, why don't you all, you know, go downstairs, go back to a locker room, regroup, let's schedule another time because this is a waste of my time. It's a waste of your time because you're just going through the motions. Um, right. You know, you just have to be willing to, um, you know, work and, and work hard. And just because, you know, you're in the gym or you're on the field or court, you know, practices aren't always equal. You you have to, you still have to get out there and, and, and bust it. Oh yeah, gotta <laughs> gotta bust your tail. Now, did you ever find yourself in the gym at uh, random times, like one or two a.m. with your players? You do, you do. You you have to. You have to. I wasn't. Uh, you know, I was. I worked hard to become a good shooter, but you know, physically, in terms of a, a college body, I I there's there's a lot better. There's a lot faster uh, players. There's a lot stronger players, a lot bigger players, uh, you know, so I had, you, I talked to him a lot about controlling the things you can control and, yeah. uh, you know, there's nothing, you know, I wasn't going to stretch out overnight and, you know, grow four more <laughs> inches or, um, you know, I can put on some muscle, but I didn't have a body type that was going to allow me to um, be the strongest player on the court. So you, you learn to do with what you have and then try to be the best at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just be the, be the best you can be. So you saw mm -hmm. you saw two AM plenty of times in the gym as a player. As a coach, you maybe not so much. 
Right. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. There are rules against that. As a player, we didn't really have those rules. As a coach, we did. So. Oh yeah, coaches aren't allowed to be in there after certain hours. I'm, I'm actually, but, uh, but. Yeah, they have some restrictions on those. Yeah. Now, but, uh, <laughs> they. I've, I've gotten off a bus before and gone straight to, um, straight to the gym, from one of our road games and. Didn't even touch a basketball. You know? yeah, just, just went straight into the gym. Just we went straight into the gym in our sweaty uniforms and practiced. Oh, gosh. That's <laughs> that's dedication. Now, oh. uh, <laughs> you know, with with plenty of fabulous, fun-filled years yet to come for you. Uh, you know, you mentioned that you know if the opportunity came to coach at the high school or college level again, that you might consider it. But what are some of what are some of your other uh, goals and aspirations for the future, Lisa? You know, I'm kind of a person that likes to live in the moment. I like to do um, whatever, whatever comes about. I don't, I, I try not to think too far right. into the future. Like in five years, I want to be here. I want to be making this much money. I want to have this car, this house, or this vacation spot i just try to do the best i can in the moments um you know and try to make the next right decision and the next best best decision uh, based on where i am so i know that um you know empowering kids um young women and young men are is very close near and dear to my heart um I've gone into, I valued education. Um, so anytime you value education, um, whether it be, I got my degree in teaching, I taught for a little bit, coaching is like an extension of that. You don't go into it knowing that you're going to make a lot of money. You know, you go into it trying to help people. And um, even now in, in, in real estate, um, you know, I, I am, just thrilled when there's the right match when you help a person find the right house oh i know um, yeah it's really great right for their family it? so that's the those are the things that i'm 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 most proud of or that that are the most satisfying for me is just when you get to watch people you get to help play a part in their successes Absolutely. that to me is the most 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 satisfying part yeah, and I, I like your philosophy too, because if you get if you get too caught up in, in thinking about five years down the road, then you don't make the most of the present, and then you know you look back yeah. with some regrets. So. Yeah, and I don't I don't want to have I don't want to have those regrets. I want to just make the the next best decision, you know, and, and the next right decision. Yeah, um, and that's I, I try not to think too too much into the to the future with. Um, as I said, five years, 10 years from now. Rick Patino would agree with you. He always said, live in the precious present. That was one of my favorite <laughs> quotes from him. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I would completely agree. Completely yes. agree. <laughs> so words to the wise there for sure. Well, uh, Lisa, you've been great. We've sure enjoyed talking to you. Now, uh, last but not least, what are some words that you would pass along to current or perhaps former athletes looking to either enter the realm of coaching or perhaps work their way up the coaching ladder. Oh, wow. What would be the words that I would have? Yeah. Um, words to the wise. So maybe some advice hmm. based on your experience. I would say always be true to you. You know, don't get caught up in doing things because other people think you should. Um, do what you know in your heart. Is, is is right for you and then be your 
the best version of yourself that you can be, you know, and I've always seen that things have a way of taking, of, um, of happening, you know, they just, if you do the right things and, you know, just the, the next best thing is going to happen to you. Absolutely. And being true to yourself, I know it's, it's hard as a coach because especially at a school like the university of Kentucky, where you got all these fans trying to tell you how to coach mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. oh, fact, gosh, yeah. jo Joe B. Hall once said that uh, Kentucky was the land of 3 million assistant coaches. Oh, he is dead. He is, he is right. And especially now when you have access to seeing everything, I mean, Kentucky basketball has always been broadcast. I mean, we grew up watching it and, I don't know how many games, I mean, we didn't miss a game. I, I remember as a kid, even keeping stats for them, um, uh, okay, you know, watching yeah. TV and, and, and keeping stats. So um, I know that, you know, Big Blue Nation is something that's unlike anything else in, in the country. Um, but now, you know, there isn't a, a, a mistake that can be made. And, um, <laughs> you know, that's not broadcasted all over social media. Um, Oh, exactly. and, and the same thing with the same thing with, you know, play calls. There's a, there's a lot of people that can go back and rewind and say they would do things differently, but they haven't really been in that seat where they've had to make that decision in that moment. And, yeah. and that, <laughs> that decision in that moment is uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it. You know, yeah. they haven't been at practices. They don't know what the, what the team has been doing. They don't, someone's sick. They don't know if someone's, you know, fighting through things. Right, exactly. And <laughs> there's a lot of things that, you know, we have information about and you get judged and critiqued on as, as coaches, but the, the, the general public knows nothing about. Yeah, when, when, when random people criticize coaches, I'm tempted to just say, well, why don't you take their place on that bench <laughs> and see if you can do <laughs> <Yeah>. any better? <laughs> I know, I know. But you have to have a little bit of a, you know, you, you do, again, in your heart, what you know is right. And you try right. to put yourself and your players in the best position. Um, and, I, you know, I think that was one thing that my, I learned pretty early on, you know, with my, with my dad, especially, we would, we would talk a lot um, you know, after my high school games. And I remember one time I was, I was upset and he's like, why don't you call coach Hale? I said, what? <laughs> it's like, I don't want to hear you complaining about anything. Just call him up. I said, I, well, I can't. It's like 1130. He goes, well, if it's bothering you this much, don't you think it's bothering him too? That, you know, he's replaying things of what he could have done differently. Have you looked at what you could have done differently? And, uh, you know, that kind of really put things into perspective for me early on. I'm like, I never really thought about that. <laughs> you know, I only yeah. saw my version of things. And, um, and my dad was like, you know, he's, he's put a lot of time and energy into this team and this program. And, um, you know, I'm sure he's taking this loss hard as well. Why don't sure. you call him up and, and talk to him about this? Oh, that's funny. Now, did you ever actually did you ever actually call him at that hour? Just curious. No, no, okay. no, I don't think so. I, I respect it, but you know, I I always felt like I could talk to him, and yeah. I did talk to him, uh, you know, about things uh, regarding you know our team or play. But uh, you know, that was the first time. Um, you know, my dad kind of a, a lot of parents would be like yeah, you're right. They didn't know what they were talking about. They didn't know this. They didn't know that. And my dad's like, mm -mm. You know, there's a lot of ways to win ball games. And, you know, he did the best he could 
and you did and you you you're not flawless here you know no. <laughs> so yeah, from you that, that point on I I tried to look at my my myself a lot harder um right. and and I've always you know I, I think that's where I you that's where I started to learn to control the things I could control you know Indeed. it's like yeah, I do the best I, I can do Tommy Fisher was a was an assistant coach for the Lady Colonels what well, that that name doesn't ring a bell does it Tommy Fisher no not at all oh, okay that was after your time but anyway I heard <laughs> no, him he, no I does I know I know I know coach Fisher yes oh you do okay yes <laughs> yes, say, yes, yes. he was time. on the boy he was on the boys side Oh, that's true. Yeah. And his son played and everything, but he, he had a good saying one time, but uh, you know, do the best that you can with what you have to do with. And I thought that's pretty mm-hmm. neat. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's, it's so true. It's so true. Another one of my favorite quotes, and I use this a lot is like, you define your experience. Yeah, that, you, you, that, that is you, well said. You, you really, you define your experience and you know, how you look at things and your reaction to things really, um, plays a part and in, in, in your life you know are you um a victim or is this an opportunity you know right yeah <laughs> life, life is what you make it for sure it, it but, is uh, anyway well uh thanks so much lisa for coming on with us and uh, best of luck with your real estate sales hey if we got anybody hey. listening in greater cincinnati that needs some help buying or selling a home you want to give out that phone number uh sure <laughs> Free plug. Free plug. 513-255-2537. 513-255-2537. That's and, it. Uh, as long as it's in her territory in the, the Cincinnati metro. In the Cincinnati area, yes. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you sell in northern Kentucky or is it just across the river? Not yet. Not yet. I'm only licensed in Ohio. Okay. Well, that may change before, you know, at some point. So keep your, keep your ears peeled. <laughs> yes. And if not, and, I can at least point you in the right direction. Exactly. So. She can't help you. She'll, she'll steer you to somebody who can for sure. Well, uh, Lisa, this has been a blast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Sam, I, I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. It has been an absolute pleasure. I love talking um, to people from my hometown. They're they're truly it's it truly has a special place in my heart. Well, you have you have done Henderson proudly. Said we'll do this again sometime. That sounds good. I'd love it. There she is, Miss Lisa Hayden, the Hall of Famer in her own right, just like her former high school coach Jeff Hale. Only Lisa is a member of the Henderson County Sports Hall of Fame, class of 2001. She graduated high school in 91, and you have to be out of high school for at least 10 years before you qualify for induction. But in 2001, first year she was eligible, by golly, she was inducted, and rightfully so, with 2020, 2020 points scored in a Lady Colonel's uniform. I just can't quite wrap my head around that staggering number. But I greatly appreciate Lisa taking time out of her very busy schedule to join me today. And I know she's got nothing but a bright future ahead of her with her uh, AAU athletes. And uh, if she ultimately decides to tread the college coaching waters once again, I know that anybody would be lucky to have her in that department as well. So Bluegrass Blabbing at gmail.com, B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com. That is my email address. Please use that to let me know about any coach that had a profound impact on your life or the lives of those that you know 
and love. And also, feel free to let me know about anything and anyone else with connections to Kentucky that you'd like to hear featured on the program. I will do my best to see to it that they get the uh, consideration and spotlight that they so rightfully deserve. Now, we play our cards right. We're going to come back at you again on September the 21st. That is next Wednesday. Make sure you're here. My guest and I don't want to be talking to ourselves. The show is never complete without you. Now, before we get to the Bluegrass Brain Buster and wrap up the show, I did want to mention that uh, shortly after I finished talking to Lisa, I learned that uh, another important figure in the uh, history of Henderson County High Sports sadly lost his life just a few days ago, Mr. Phil Gibson. In fact, he was most recently an assistant under Jeff Hale, the uh, longtime Lady Colonel basketball coach. And uh, before that, however, he spent 12 years as the head coach of the Henderson County Men Colonels basketball team. He coached them from 1995 to 2007. And before that, Phil Gibson started his career as the Webster County Lady Trojan basketball coach. But anyhow, uh, he'd been battling cancer for quite some time, and he sadly passed away earlier this week. He was 67, and uh, he meant an awful lot to a lot of people. In fact, um, his wife, Nancy, is my former Sunday school teacher. How about that? I had her in the fourth grade. And uh, his stepson, Graham, graduated high school with me. So, uh, you know, we've always had a, a close connection to a lot of the uh, the Gibsons. So rest in peace, Phil Gibson. You will be greatly missed. But your contributions to uh, Henderson County High School athletics certainly will not be taken for granted. So last but not least... Let's reveal the answer of this week's Bluegrass Brain Buster, which we brought to you at the beginning of the show. And to recap, you very well may not have known that Kentucky has an official state gemstone, but we do, and I wanted to know what it is. Your answer, it's the freshwater pearl. Yes, the freshwater pearl is Kentucky's official state gemstone. It is found in the Tennessee and Mississippi River Valleys. Again, that is the freshwater pearl, and it is the state's official gemstone. So come on back next week for hopefully another Bluegrass Brain Buster. And remember to listen and subscribe absolutely free of charge via Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Verbal, and more podcast directories to come. But for now, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Verbal, they are all easy to use. None of them will cost you a dime, and definitely great outlets for you to keep tabs on us here as we blab in the bluegrass together. And until we meet again, you know your assignment, guys and gals. Keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep blabbing blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.